This is the Ezra Podcast. And we have Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castano for the undisputed champ at junior middleweight. And you know me, I don't care about the belts. I really don't. I don't think, I think until you have one, you have none. But I do recognize when the two best guys at the weight at the current time are fighting each other. And that's what's happening in this fight. The two best guys at this weight are fighting each other. This is the fight that should be made. This is the fight that people clamor for. This is the fight that people, the fight fans say, we got this every week. Boxing be a lot bigger, even though, you know, it'd be a lot more consistent, at least. I think boxing's pretty big. I think, you know, there's very few events that could get as big as boxing do, right? Or as big as, like, any fight a UFC can do or MMA can do, right? Really, UFC. Now, I don't think Bellator is going to have no massive event. But I'm just saying, like, when fighting is on, any form of fighting, it can generate massive events. Well, people think that if boxing just gave consistent fights every week, great matchups, that, you know, it would blow up as big as, big as its heyday. And this right here is the prime example of it. So if people aren't watching this, you know what I mean? That kind of goes against the – it kind of goes against the narrative that people paint is they just need good matchups. And you know what else goes against that is that Jake Paul and Logan Paul get good views. That goes against it too. I think it's kind of just – how well someone could get their name out there. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. But with this fight, we're getting the two best guys. I love this fight. I think every, uh, you know, boxing fan who is a purist, who really, you know, enjoys the sport and doesn't just enjoy names, is, is looking forward to this fight. Now, I don't know why Jamal Charlo isn't as big a star as he should be, but to me, he has everything he needs. He, he talks. He's, he's uh, got the looks. He's got the style. He's entertaining uh he's got a big personality um to me he has he crosses all the boxes but for some reason he has not crossed over into that you know that star power yet and i at first i used to doubt charlo i I wasn't sure how good he was and i think that he really grew into his own as he went with his own trainer got it you know did his own thing I, i really think he grew into you know himself as a fighter and when he started getting he started getting power behind his shots and he wasn't more just like you know, uh, a points boxer. He was more like, I'm going in there to put it on you. It, it, it really improved him. It wasn't just more entertaining. It improved his skill. It improved his talent and what he had. And he's going in through in there with an interesting challenge in Brian Castano. Castano, why he's so interesting to, to me to Charlo is his legs, right? Because he's got athletic legs. I think there might be the most athletic legs that Jermel's ever faced in boxing. Um, does that mean they're mistake-free? No, it doesn't. But it means that they can do things that, you know, I don't think Jermel's opponents have been able to do to this point. And especially as far as cutting off the ring, as far as keeping up the pace, as far as quick adjustments, Castano could do a lot of those things. And Jermel is going to be tested in a way we haven't seen him, to me, tested before, right? It's a, he, I don't think he's ever faced someone that maybe is has the explosion the speed in their legs, um, and the maybe even the balance that he has. I don't think he's faced that. And usually when you get that, you get a very high-level fight. You get an extremely high-level fight. That's the kind of fights where like Sugar Ray Leonard and Duran, this kind of fights of uh, Hagler, Hearns. Like those, those, you get those type of fights. Delahoya, Corte, um, Delahoya, Trinidad. Those are guys with, you know, good legs. They're, they weren't, you know, the legs are how important they are in boxing. It's... I don't even think it's appreciated enough. I think a lot of guys can get good at, you know, throwing combos on a heavy bag. But when you have to start moving around and throwing punches, that's where, like, 
you you find your pros. That's where you find the best of the best. And these are guys that could do that. These are guys that work their craft. Now with Charlo, you know, just going through some of the things he does, he's got a tight guard. He's got fast legs. I was saying he he uh, he leaps with his left hook at times. He's got good lateral movement though. He's got strong straights to the body. I mean, he just stopped Rosario with a jab, a straight jab to the body. And the reason why he did that, and he's able to do that, is because he can go forward and backward very quick. Like, if he takes a back step, he could spring forward right off that back step right away. He's very springy with his legs. Uh, good speed, good power. He takes chances, and he'll take chances early. Like, he'll come out with haymakers early. Uh, and you know what's crazy to me is his stamina. I think that that's, to me, his best quality is, like, what you get in the first round, you're going to get in the last round with him. He's consistently, the whole way, even, like, when he fought um, – Tony Harrison, and I thought Harrison was winning, you know, outboxing at points, right? But it was just like, is Harrison going to be able to continue the speed of this fight the way it's going? Because Charlo is. Charlo's going to fight that consistent speed the whole time, that consistent power the whole time. Everything carries for him. And his legs, you know, or don't stop moving. It's, not, it's like he doesn't take breaks, and he keeps the same intensity. He reminds me a lot of, like, Israel Adesanya when he fights is, like, the intensity. Everything he does is intense, whether it's controlled or not. But everything, the strike he does, it has intentions to it. There's no, like, just fillers out there. There's no, um, you know, lackluster parts of the round. No, everything's intense. He's focused a whole 100% of the time. That's how Charlo was. Charlo was focused 100% of the time of the fight. And he gets a uh, Castano, and he's going to bring, you know, he's got a tight closed guard. The guard can be split, though. So he has a good, he has a guard, he keeps his hands up, but he, because the way he places his hands and how close it is to his head when he places it, you could split right down the middle, which is beautiful for Charlo. Um, as he comes in, he, he, he applies great pressure. His legs are fast. He gets in quick. He adjusts quick, like little steps. He does little adjustments in and out. And he gets in. He has actually a, a long step in. He steps in one, uh, his one leg and step. So maybe guys would, uh, if you're trying to read him, right, you're trying to read like his movement, sometimes maybe a guy would take two steps in and that's going to give you an opportunity to catch it. But uh, Castano's fast and it takes one step to get in. He takes a long first step to get in on you. And that pressure kind of could break people, right? And it's going to be interesting when he's doing that to Charlo. And Charles so fast and able to punch when he takes a step back and gets set as off of one step. Is that when they meet at those points, that's the point that you're going to be interested in seeing in this fight. Is when Castano puts that pressure in that one step in and Charlo takes that one step back, they're going to meet at that point. And that's going to be the point of contact. That's going to be the point of who could win that. Who's going to get first draw off of that? Who's going to add a move, maybe a hesitation to set something up? Those right there. The one step back for Charlo, the one step forward for Castano. Um, he's got a wide stance. Uh, he pull, so his legs get when he takes that long step in. He plants his legs. He either, he either stays wide leg or he gets very squared. But his upper body stays still. Like his upper body is the only thing that moves. His legs stay planted. And at times he pulls straight back slightly. He pulls straight up and straight back, which can leave him susceptible to getting hit. Um, stays in range sometimes, but he's going to do that because he wants to put pressure on you. Sometimes he stays in range and just stares at you. Um, that happens. Charlo, I, you know, Charlo's not the kind of guy you should do that with, but sometimes Castano is a little craftier than you think. And when he's staying in range, he's trying to set something up. Slight range. Uh, he's a combo puncher. Good stamina. He's going to have stamina like Charlo. He's going to be able to go there all night. Their, their legs are not going to stop today, right? They're not. What I think in this fight, right? Um, 
you know, he also squares up, which allows his opponents to escape from side to side. I think that's important in this fight to know that he allows his opponents to escape laterally at times because that's what Charles is going to be doing. Charles is going to be moving backwards in this fight. Now, he might start off forward, uh, forward trying to uh, gain respect in this fight, but I don't think that's going to deter Castano unless you put him out. So I think Castano's going to be pushing him back. I think Charles is going to be fighting on his back back foot. I think he's going to be fighting, go, fighting going backwards, and I think that he's going to... Uh, land good shots. I think Castano's going to land a few good shots, but I just can't see Castano applying the pressure like that with the guard being able to be split, uh, sometimes staying in range too much in front of Charlo for 12 rounds without Charlo catching you with a 1-2. I can't see it. And sometimes Charlo, even when he gets wild, he springs forward when he does it. So he doesn't allow you to work because he's all the way on top of you. Now, if you see, it looks a little sloppy, but that allows... That allows him to be safe that Castano can't respond back. Because when he, he leaps forward and takes his chance, he takes away all the space. So you're basically he could wrap you up at that point. Or he could turn the he could hit the angle and get out the other way. I just can't see Castano applying this kind of pressure. And I think he's gonna be effective at points. Reply this kind of pressure. I think it's gonna be a very entertaining, a lot of exchanges in this fight, a lot of contact being made. But I cannot see him applying that pressure, walking into shots. And stopping in front of Charlo without getting hit and getting put to sleep. I cannot see it. I think the style, well, is something different than Charlo's face. While the legs are something special, it still kind of goes into Charlo's style. I think what Charlo struggles is when someone boxes him and uh, changes the speeds on him. I think that's where it's tough. But this kind of fight, I think, although I think it could be very entertaining, still kind of falls into the what Charlo needs. And if you look at Castano, who he's fought... I mean, Texera, he beat Texera, but he was hitting that fight. He was had a draw with Lara, which was a war, and a lot of people think he won that fight, but he still got hit in it. He's, he gets hit, and he hasn't really beat world beaters yet. Now, I think he's a very good fighter. I said, I told you, he deserves to be here because he's beat everyone that they put in front of him, and he's done it impressively. And now, you know, it's not his fault that he didn't get the Julian, uh, uh, J-Rock. He didn't get J-Rock. He didn't get uh, Tony Harrison. He didn't get heard but you know sometimes the weight division just cleans itself out and i think this weight division has just cleaned itself out and these are the two guys these are the two best guys right now until the new batch comes we got lubin you got fondora you got those guys coming but right now these are the two guys they have to face each other we are getting it i think it's a very entertaining fight my prediction is charlo catch castano when he steps in i think he's gonna catch him later in the fight i think it's gonna be around the ninth to tenth round and charlo will strike fast and once he gets castano uh you know, he catches him with the one-two as Castano steps in. He's going to get the stop because Charles is an excellent stopper. And he's super aggressive. And his stamina will be there. His power will be there in the 10th. The counter is Charlo flores with Castano. Uh, the fast-paced uh, has Charlo moving back to always. And uh, Cast- the remember, the g- ring generalship and a guy coming forward, sometimes he gets the benefit of the doubt. And Charlo is the name, but he's not a superstar. So he might not get the benefit out of the judges. So I think it could be, if Castano's going to win, I think it's still going to be a close fight. I think they'll be trading, but Castano's pushing forward, which makes it look like he's pushing the fight. He's making the fight happen. He's the aggressor, and judges favor that. And remember, Charlo isn't a superstar. He isn't. So he's not going to get the superstar decision. I can see if this goes to decision, Castano winning it. But I'm going to say it's a stoppage. I'm going to say Charlo gets a stoppage. Tenth round, knockout, Castano steps in too many times, and Charlo catches him. One, two, game over. Great fight. Great matchup. I can't wait. On the undercard, you got Rolando Romero. Sign up for KOs.
versus Anthony Yidget. And I, it was Austin Delay. And ESPN didn't update their schedule. So I, I broke down that it was Austin Delay and had to come back and do a Yidget. It's a different fight, but same outcome to me. And I think that um, I think it's an easier fight for Romero than Austin Delay. Austin Delay would have been interesting. He can box. Uh, he has some pop. It would have been a, that would have been an interesting fight for Rolando Romero, but you know, wasn't meant to be. It's Yidget now. Uh, Romero, he's he looks better. He looked better last time. I think he was facing lesser competition. That's why he looked better. I think when he faces good boxers, he looks very primitive style. I think he looks very clumsy. Um, he has some pop to him. I wouldn't say it's like devastating knockout power. I would say he has very strong punches. His punches look like they hurt. They look like you feel them. Sometimes like a guy has liked out power it looks like the punches look like they don't hurt they look like they touch you and you go to sleep he doesn't have that he has strong punches maybe it's because of the precision they're not that precise so maybe they're not landing in the right spot to put someone to sleep but they're still landing and they're thudding shots um he's kind of you know he's got a weird style he's very sideways he likes to jump in uh he's a he will throw combos but he's more of a one punch guy he's got a uh you know, his right hand, he let, he goes with uppercut with his right hand. He comes with a straight with the right hand. He's got a lead left hook. Those are basically his three punches. Um, he puts power in everything. Everything he throws is going to have power. There's not a lot of change of speed or change of, you know, not a lot of setup shots here. It's, everything's big. Everything's aggressive. Um, he's looking to just attack, attack, attack. And beat you by just, just uh, hitting you with big shots and just putting straight. Now, you know it's Atticus. I'm not, I, I interrupt. I have to every time because he interrupts it every time. He's going to do a whole thing where he's going to run down the stairs, bark at someone. I told you, look at this. is It's on cue. It's on cue for the podcast that he does this every time. But I just have to say, because if I have new listeners, which I should be having every week, I've got to point out that's Atticus. He's a demon. Um, now, he has power and everything. He just He's going to apply pressure. He's going to hit you with power shots. And he's just look, going to look to outpower you, outrough you in the fight, and just outdog you in the fight. That's his goal. That's his goal. He got a stiff upper body. He's hittable. He makes bad defensive flaws. He'll try to fight like he's slick, but he's not. Now, Anthony Yidget, tight guard, uh, strong left hand. He's a southpaw. Likes to fight close. Head stays in the same spot. He never moves his head. His head, where it is, it's going to stay there. He looks like when they film, like, they have those new cameras, right? Like, those 4K cameras or whatever, and they film someone, and, like, their head looks like, like they're running track and they're like, look, the head doesn't move. And it's like the way the camera's shot. That's the way this guy fights. His head just stays right in the exact same spot. Uh, he can't close space. He, he lacks a lot of abilities. He doesn't have a lot of repertoire punches. Um, he's got a sideways stance as well. He does have a check right hook, even though he can't fight going backwards. And he pulls straight up slowly. This is a fight for Romero to get a knockout. He's going to get a knockout in this fight. He's really going to force it. He's going to hit him with some big shots. I think that this fight ends... Uh, pretty quickly, I'm going to say the fourth round. I just think that Yijit's there to be hit. Now, I think they might trade a few shots early, but I don't think Yijit has that kind of power. I think he's going to get hit with the shot. I think he's going to get knocked out. I think Romero's going to have another performance where it's against a late replacement, which is the second final role against a late replacement. And the late replacement is considerably worse than the guy who's supposed to fight. And that's it. And I don't know what to say with Romero. They say, people are saying the rumor he's going to fight Tank Davis. I can't see that. I can't see that happening as a pay-per-view, at least. Um, I, I'm guaranteed that they will keep building him up until he gets a, a legit opportunity, uh, like on Showtime Championship Boxing or something. But I can't see Tank Davis. But, I mean, watch it. He might be, you know, right now we're on Tank Davis watch. You're trying to see who they're going to put him on in with. The r- rumors is he's coming back in October. 
Romero winning today would set up him coming back in October. That would make sense. So you're on Tank Davis watch. Romero's uh, one of the suspects. So watch him. Break him down. Uh, the counter for this is Yidja Styles, not what Roley was preparing for. Uh, and he survives the you know, the big shots early and takes control late. And uh, by picking his shots and getting out and holding and, you know, making an ugly fight and just landing the cleaner shots. Because I think you could do that, Romero. I don't expect that. I expect Romero to win a KO. Let's go. We got a UFC. This is a free card. You got it on ESPN. Uh, ESPN Plus or ESPN, one of those. You got Islam Makachev. This is uh, Khabib's best friend. A lot of people believe this is a man that's going to be w- competing for the title very soon. He's already in the top 10. He's fighting Thiago Moises. And I think this is a very good fight. I think people... Um, I haven't really heard anyone really hype up this fight. I think people were watching it for Islam Makachev, and I believe he should. He's a damn good fighter. He's... Uh, you know, he's not exactly like Khabib. Like, he doesn't go just straight for a takedown. He's not always looking for a takedown. He's actually uh, very okay with just allowing it to be a stand-up fight. But he's also very defensively standing up. Like, he's cautious to stand up. His stand-up is very patient. It's uh, it's almost like, I mean, people, like, say if you're a casual fan, I could see you saying, like, ah, oh, it's, it's a boring style. I could see that because he, he doesn't throw a lot of shots. He kind of defensively very sound. He waits you well. He wants to pick everything. He's very smart in there. Like, he picks his shots. He's not looking to exchange or take chances. He wants to pick his shots when he knows he's going to land, when he knows he's going to score. And he doesn't want you to score on him. He does not. And that's a style that's going to be effective. It's going to be... That's Atticus. I don't know. I don't even know what to do at this point. He's a monster. He's a demon. Um... It's a style that's going to be effective. It's going to get you a lot of wins, and it's not going to take a lot of damage. And that's, I think that's, maybe, you know, sometimes this comes in, May, it's like, you know, people say, like, it's a lot more action, May, and all that. Well, it's going to be guys like this, who, he's not looking for a lot of action. He has no problem going to decision. He has no problem uh, winning on points. He has, he has no problem with any of that. He just wants to, he just wants to win the fight. That's all he wants. Whether it's a tactical, whether he gets a takedown, because he's very effective with his takedown. He's very strong clinch. He's got very heavy hips. His scrambling is amazing. Um, he's constantly making you work. Even if he's not punching, he's making you work. He has a lot of feints. He's southpaw. He, like, he likes to feint with his right hand a lot. And just uh, slight movements to make you constantly work. And you can't take breaks against him. You're not. Even if he's not striking, you can't take breaks because he's constantly doing something to make you think. Uh, He's got a left high kick. He does go to the head with a left high kick. He cl- When he gets to clinch, he will come to the knee. But see, what I was getting to with this fight is Islam is very good. I'm telling you. He, he, I, if someone tells you he's going to be a champ uh, of the world, I believe it. He has the talent to do it. But Diago Moises is not a bad fighter. And I think people are treating this like if it's this is like a tuna for him or it's a for sure thing. I don't think it is. No, I think I would favor Islam to win this fight. I'm going to pick Islam to win this fight. But... I think Thiago Moises is going to put up a credible fight for this fight. I think he, his stand-up is, is very good. He's very good in his legs. He's very balanced. He's uh, he's more dynamic, I believe, stand-up-wise than uh, Islam. I believe he's he's definitely more willing to let some shots go. But the because the, Islam is so, you know, he's so picky with his shots and he's so patient that I could see him in a stand-up fight getting kind of getting kind of interesting because... Diago throws leg kicks. He works. He's not afraid to work. Now, I expect him to be more cautious in this fight because he's fighting a very good fighter, but I expect him maybe to work more than Islam. Now, Diago, 
Will looked, I've seen him look takedown for, I don't think he looks takedown in this fight, but I've seen him also look for leg locks or knee bar or knee bar or something like that. And I would, you know, if I'm in his corner, I'm saying we're not going to look for that. That That's in my back pocket if Islam looks for a takedown, but that's not what we're looking for this fight. I'm looking to keep this fight standing. And if I keep this fight standing, I'm very composed. I'm very comfortable there. And I, I have things that I could steal points on, like leg kicks, like uh, a body kick. Um, you know, he's also orthodox. So I think this is going to be a battle of a range where a body kicks and high kicks and leg kicks are going to maybe settle this fight. And I think, you know, whoever could land... It's going to be, to me, if Islam doesn't go straight for the takedown, because he's not necessarily always, like, looking for a takedown. He has no problem winning the fight and standing up. I think that this fight can get in momentum where Thiago and him kind of have a smart, technical, stand-up fight, and it's on points. And I think that if Thiago can maybe just outwork him in little things, right, just little things like leg kicks and stuff like that, picking shots where he can land and stay out of danger, I think this fight gets very interesting. I think it stays... I think it gets very interesting and the scoring's be interesting. And I think that Islam to me, which I think he's a, you know, everybody thinks he's a very good wrestler, excellent wrestler. I haven't really seen him where like he forces that. And I think this might be the fight where that brings that out of him where he's like, I'm going to get this guy to the ground because I don't want to have this tactical stand-up fight. I don't think this is my best option of winning. And Islam seems like the kind of guy that's going to take the best option for winning the fight. I take Islam in this fight because I just saw Wonderboy Thompson and Gilbert Burns, and I thought Wonderboy was kind of effective with landing some damaging shots, but he did not get any credit for it in the points, and I'm going to have to go upstairs because Atticus is, well, he's being a demon, um, and he didn't get really any credit from, from the judges, the judges were not giving him, um, they were favoring the takedown over, over damage, over knockdowns, over clean shots. And, you know, in MMA, because I bet the fights and and I have the, you know, the fake uh, fake money real bets, I have to think about these things. And I think about that with the judges, and I'm just like, if Islam can wrestle and he can get the fight to the ground, even if it's a close stand-up fight, the takedowns is, you always have to favor uh, a wrestler because the takedowns are mean so much in the points. So I think that even if these are close rounds, and maybe the, the Algo gets the best of it in the stand-up, Islam can always get at least one takedown and steal the round. So I'm going to favor Islam in the fight. I think Islam is a big favorite in this fight. I think it's, you know, if I'm, I understand records wise, I understand, you know, maybe, uh, you know, how it stands out, it looks on paper, but to me, break it down. I think this is a, a good competitive fight. I just think I favor Islam because he does have the takedowns in his back pocket and how much those affect the points. I'm going to take him to win this fight by decision. Now, the counter would be, like I said, he's cautious in stand-up. Um, and Moises just is able to do the little things, leg kicks, body kicks. Um, when they exchange punches, just, you know, at least keep that even at points, right? And you get a cautious stand-up battle that never really gets the momentum of the ground. And maybe when Islam is out of the momentum of that and he looks for it, you know, he's not ex- he doesn't exactly have the same energy he had in the first two rounds or three rounds to get it. And he loses the decision on that point. I can see that happening. I see both. I'm going to favor Islam because takedowns mean so much. On the co-main event, which isn't the best card, right? But, you know, the UFC usually just gives you fights. And maybe you're not, you don't really know the fighters that well. But they put even matchups. So you're going to get a good card. You know, you're usually going to get an entertaining card. But yeah, Misha Tate making a comeback. Versus Marion Renew. And uh, I 
apologize if I messed up that last name. I probably did. But uh, Misha Tate, uh, you know, f- fan favorite, UFC favorite, um, biggest winning versus Holly Holm, coming back to get that submission rear naked choke in the fifth round to win the title. And she's coming back, and I think people think that she's going to make a run for the title, and I think that this is, this is supposed to be like a stepping stone fight for her uh, to get that opportunity. And I, I'm going to call an upset on this one. I just think that Misha Tate is not talking about her age. I'm just talking about what the skill level she brings is a fossil in MMA. I mean, she's the sport has grown way past her. And it's funny because uh, Renu is older than Misha Tate, but I just think that Renu could do well, she's good on the ground. She's good jiu-jitsu, right? So Misha Tate's best thing is going to be her jiu-jitsu. Uh, Misha Tate's stand-up is no good. It is very sloppy. She stumbles in. She falls in. She throws a leg kick. She's very unbalanced. It looks like if she's really thinking when she does it. And her whole thing is, I'm going to get a takedown. I'm going to get control. And I'm going to look submission. She has very heavy hips. Um, and she looks to, on the ground, she looks fluid. She looks, everything that you're saying, like, okay, if I saw her standing up, I'd be like, oh, how is she a good fighter? And then you see on the ground, you're like, okay, I see it. But um, Marion is, uh, she, she, she's kind of more well-rounded. She has better stand-up. Now I think her stand-up has gotten worse over time, but she's also 44 years old. So everything's probably gotten worse over time. Um, but she's very tough. She's willing to, she's willing to get in there. She's willing to strike. She's not afraid of a stand-up fight. She's also very durable. And like I said, she has good jujitsu. She's not a, uh, you know, she's not a novice on the ground. She's not a novice on the ground at all. She, she knows what she's doing. And I just think that if Misha Tate's best quality is the ground and getting the girl down, getting the girl down and submitting her or getting control of her, and I just think Marion could play that game, but she could also do stand up. I just think that this fight is just a bad matchup for Misha, but I think everything's a bad matchup for Misha because she's just so limited in her skills. Now I say all this, and Misha could just get the takedown, dominator, and control position, um, which is what I would my counter be: is that she just gets a takedown, controls position, heavy hips. Uh, wins the three-round decision. But I'm going to say the fight stays standing and Marion gets the better of it. And Misha hasn't fought in a while and everything is not how she once fell and she can't get the timing down, hasn't been in a while. And Marion's been fighting, even though she's 44 years old. I just think this is the kind of upset where it's a feel-good story and she's 44, finally you know gets her biggest win of her career, uh, beats Misha Tate. And... No one really sees it coming because they feel like this is just like a walkthrough fight. But I think uh, Marion has a little more to me in the tank, a little more uh, ability, I guess, more comfort in the ring in all areas than Misha Tate does. And I just can't see Misha Tate winning a stand-up fight in this one. Now let's get to my fake money, real bets. And there's only one, Jermel Charlo. And why am I feel so good about this, right? Well, look, at I won last week. I'm at a million seven hundred sixty-four thousand now, starting at a million. I feel so good about this because I just believe Castano is always going to be in a place where Jamal Charles wants him right in front of him. And I just think that for 12 rounds, you're going to tell me one guy is going to be right in front of Jamal Charlo, able to be hit by the a one, two. I'm going to take Jamal Charlo. I like those things. I don't think, I don't think anyone is going to get away with going straight towards Jamal Charlo for 12 rounds. I just don't, I don't think so. I'm going to take him to win that. I'm betting 200 K minus 300 to win 70, uh, 67 K. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast.